Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your hosts, Lillian Carabake. Let's talk about money. And that was Will Romy. (laughs) Um, today I want to talk to you about what you can do if you have terrible credit. And I'm specifically going to talk about what to do if you have bad credit, but most of these tricks apply if you simply have no credit because you've never taken out debt or you're new to the U.S. So listen up if that's you. First, I want to frame this conversation by saying that having bad credit does not make you a bad person. (laughs) Um, It doesn't make you a failure or a moral hazard or not an adult. Um, If you focus on the shame and guilt over your credit score, you're going to feel so crappy about this that you won't get much done. Um, This usually fixing your credit involves a lot of calling people and sending letters, and that is usually not very fun. Um, So let that go. Whatever decisions you, your parent, your spouse made in the past is not what we're focusing on. We're focusing on future you, not past you. Cool. So improvement, not uh, <laughs> yes. wallowing. Yes. No Excelsior. wallowing. Uh, I know it's very tempting, um, but, you know, let's let's focus on what we can do to improve the situation. Most important thing to know about this, though, the most important thing you can do is pay on time every single time. You need to get organized and pay on time. Your credit will not recover simply from taking out new credit if you don't pay your debt on time every time. This is the number one single most important thing for your credit score. Don't fall into any of the other traps that tell you something else is more important. It's not important that you get an Amex. It's not important that, you know, that you, uh, you know, make sure you get a contract smartphone. You need to pay on time every time. And that is the number one most important thing you can do for your credit score. Right. Because fundamentally, your credit score is the odds that you will pay on time every time. Exactly. And to increase those odds, you just need to, to do that. Yes, exactly. So um, the next thing you can do if you have bad credit and you're trying to improve is take out new credit. And um, you could take out a new line of credit and start building positive payment history if you need to increase your positive credit history. So um, if you're using something like Credit Karma or Credit Sesame, they will give you a good estimate of what credit cards you might likely qualify for. If your credit score is really low or um, or you have no credit at all, it's possible that you will need to take out a secured credit card. Do you know what a secured credit card is? I do, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, a secured credit card is a credit card that's linked to a specific amount of money in your account, right? Yes, and the thing to know is that money doesn't pay off the pay off the card, so that money is locked away, and that's your credit limit. And then you use your own funds to pay back the card each month. I see. So and the money, the money in the account is essentially a collateral. It's collateral, exactly. Um, and so. It is locked away. So it's not like a debit card or a prepaid card. And that's what's really important to understand. A prepaid card will not build your credit. Only a secured credit card will. So a lot of people believe like prepaid Visa cards or something will contribute to their credit history. That is not true. I see. Because there's nothing. You aren't paying money back on a prepaid card. It's a debit card, essentially. Debit cards will also not build your credit. Um, And debit cards are great if you have impulse control and you want to make sure that you don't see 
credit cards as free money. Right. So that's the big caution that I want to say. Word of warning. If you are taking out a credit card to build your credit because you've had impulse control issues in the past and you ended up, you know, overspending your means and you view credit cards as free money, you need to work on ways to navigate that first. And that could be if you're really devoted to building up your credit, maybe you, you know, want to get a house or something like that. You're really devoted to building up your credit, but you've had impulse control in the past. One way you can do it is get a secured credit card set something up on auto pay and then actually cut up the card, <laughs> right? Oh, I see. So okay. set it so up it's... on auto pay and just put your Netflix on it and cut it up. Don't view it as free money. Do not view your credit card as your emergency fund. So especially if you have bad credit and impulse control issues. Um, I see some people that have bad credit that want to do this because of vet bills or they want to do this because of, you know, future known unknowns. Here's the thing. If you're getting your credit card as a possibility emergency fund, why not work on that emergency fund instead? Remember, it's not free money. So if you're getting it because of possibly in the future you might have to pay a vet emergency bill on it, you could also just be saving for that money. When you use it, you will still have to pay back that money only at an interest rate. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand what is the difference between wanting to build savings and wanting to build your credit. Does that make sense? Right. And they're not necessarily the same. So, they, so, so it sounds like the it sounds like in a lot of ways it makes sense to start by making good on debts you already have before yep. you start building up that positive yeah. credit. Yeah, and if you have no credit at all, just simply because you've never taken out debt, then you are going to need to apply for a new credit, most likely. And a secured credit card is an easy way to do it. Usually, the amount of money in that account is $250 or $500. It's not a huge sum of change. Um, but remember, you won't have access to it while you're paying off the card. Usually, the way secured credit cards work is that you get them from a financial nonprofit or a credit union or a small local bank. Um, you don't usually want to get them from like a scammy internet bank. <laughs> um, There's not much you want to get from scammy internet banks. I right? mean, <laughs> a lot of the internet banks have really, really good uh, high yield savings accounts. <laughs> okay, so that okay. those are one of the few uh, things that I recommend them for. Um, obviously, not super scammy, but <laughs> the so a secured credit card. Um, usually, you you pay on time every time for about six months to a year, and that will give you enough credit that then you can apply for an unsecured card. And it's unsecured because you don't have collateral on it. Once again, don't do this if you're just going to view a credit card as free money. Um, you need to pay on time every time to improve your credit. So if getting a secured credit card is just going to cause you to max it out and then forget about it, then you're, that doesn't solve your problems, right. right? On time, every time. Yeah, it just creates new problems. And so the last but not least thing that you can do is get them to report things that you're already doing well. So some landlords... And utility companies will choose to pay or choose to report your credit history with them to the bureaus if you ask. Right. Indicating that you're, you often pay things on time. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully every time you pay it on time. Um, so usually corporate landlords are more likely to be able to do this. It is work for them. Um, but if you have a good relationship with your landlord and you've paid on time, you're, you know, you paid your rent on time every time. Um, you can ask them to report. Now, a lot of landlords won't do this just because it's too much of a hassle for them. Um, the way kind of credit reporting works is that by choosing to report, and the reason all credit bureaus and banks and everything do that, is that they get a discount then on running credit 
reports. So okay, that's because how they're the, contributing information. Exactly. That's how the model works. If you're a small landlord and you're not running that many credit reports, you're not going to get a discount. And therefore, that's why a lot of them don't report. There are some services that you can use for a small fee to report paying your rent or your utilities on time that don't require your landlord to report it. So um, one of them is payrent.com. But there's a couple different services that let you pay from your checking account, just like you normally would your rent every month. And then there's a small fee on top of it, which is essentially the fee they charge to look like a creditor and report that you pay your rent on time every time. Okay. So in some scenarios, that could be worthwhile for building credit. It can be great for building credit. And it is one of the number one things I would recommend if you know that you can't trust yourself with a credit card Mm -hmm. or you're just very debt averse and don't want to take out debt and that's fine. And But you still want to have a credit score for things like apartments. Um, This is really good. You can also usually call your utility company and ask them to report for you. Um, That is one of the ways you can build credit. Um, And those are kind of the main ways that you can do it. Um, If you do have a credit card that you've been paying on time for years, um, say you got one when you were really young that had like a $500 credit limit and it dropped off your credit report because you weren't actively using it, you may be able to just set up a small thing like Netflix or something on auto pay on it and get it active again. And then that is not only going to increase the length, the average age of account, it's also going to back report all of your um, previous good payments. Oh, I see. So that could make a big difference. And last but not least, I want to mention a couple just um, rules of thumb for everyone around credit scores. One, you rarely want to close your oldest account. Um, and that just doesn't mean you should hang on to a student loan uh, and not pay it off because it will continue to age on your account even after you paid off a student loan. But the uh, great example is like this credit card I've had since I'm 19. I I do not want to close it because I it will lengthen the average age of accounts. And as long as you've got good payment history on it, it can really help your credit score to have it out. Um, so, you know, if you are going to close a card, I would recommend closing the one you most recently opened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a bunch of factors that go into that, but just good. Right. Older is generally better. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that you should never refuse a credit limit increase unless you know that you can't handle it. <laughs> I see. Um, and they will essentially, the way that credit card companies try to report, re- reward you and also <clears throat> entrap you <laughs> is that they will give you a credit limit increase if you've been a good customer and paid every time on time. So you should see your credit limit go up over time. You should not view this as free money. Just to be clear, you should completely ignore this. You shouldn't charge any more on the card than you ever have before. But what this does is this lowers what is called your utilization score. And what's really awesome about this is essentially the amount you charge on a card each month versus the total amount of available credit that you have, um, that will um, that will help your credit score. So ideally, your utilization should be under 30%. So your utilization is the amount of credit you're actually so using, using compared yes. to the total amount of credit available to you. Exactly. And part of the reason I have such a good credit score is because I actually have a ton of available credit and that's partially because I do the advanced game that you should definitely not be doing if you have bad or no credit which (laughs) is I do credit card hacking um, for points and this show is so not about that Um, but uh, because I do that I have a ton of available credit but I pay off my balance every month and I only charge a few things on it and because of that my utilization is below two percent If you want to get your utilization low, what you can do is pay off your balance before your statement date 
every month. And that will mean at the time your statement comes out, it will be zero dollars. Oh, so you're not you... utilizing anything. So your that... utilization hmm. will always be zero percent. That's crafty. Uh, it's very crafty. <laughs> um, and it's something that, you know, you can do in a couple seconds each month um, online. And last but not least, a very tricky way to get a credit limit increase. So if you request a credit limit increase, that counts as a hard inquiry on your account, right? Because yeah. you're asking them to extend more credit to you. However, they might like you if you've been paying on time every time. And perhaps you've got this card like I've had since I was 19 and my annual income was $12,000. That was, I had a very low credit limit. And that's partially because my income was low and my history was low. One thing you can do is there is always a part of whoever provides credit to use website where you can self-report income. So it'll be under the information section or my account information, my settings. Um, dig around. But it will just have a box where you can input your income. If your oh, okay. income has gone up, this is a good sneaky way to possibly trigger a credit limit increase. So if your income has gone up, so like, you know, I graduated college and about a year later I got a good white collar job. And so my income jumped from, you know, around $18,000 a year to around $30,000 a year. Okay. And then you can report that to the credit card company. I can report that. And then probably a month or so later you'll get a credit limit increase. And that can help your credit score a little bit because it'll lower your utilization. Neat. So um, that's one kind of tricky way you can do it. But remember, if you ask for a credit limit increase, it may improve your credit in the long term, as long as you don't spend it all yep. <laughs> and not pay back. Um, it may improve your credit in the long term, but you will get that temporary ding for that that 10 or 15 point ding for about 90 days. And that is because you've asked for a new credit. Right. But hopefully that won't make a huge difference within that span of time. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, this is one of the biggest pieces of advice. If you are looking to apply for financing for something really big, so house or car, generally, mm -hmm. a 10 to 20 point credit score uh, difference can make tens of thousands of dollars of difference over the life of that loan if right. on a mortgage, right? And so that is a situation in which you may even want to do what's called a credit freeze. And a credit freeze essentially says no one can touch your credit. Um, and that means if you want to apply for any new credit, you're going to have to unfreeze your credit. Okay, but freezing it is a good way to keep it at a certain level while you're applying for a loan or something. Yes, exactly. And you do not want to apply for any new credit cards. That 10 or 15 point ding could mean tens of thousands of dollars because you'll may get a higher interest rate on your loan. Um, so if you are in I might look for a house in the next six months mode, you should just be focusing on that on time every time. And you should be doing that pay before your statement date trick on your credit card. Right. To get your credit score as high as possible to hopefully get a lower interest rate. Exactly. Neat. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I hope that answered some questions about credit. Um, we didn't dive too deeply into student loans. Um, we should tackle that in another episode. Actually. And there's all sorts of special rules for dealing with student loan debt, right? Student loans are more complicated, but the good news, the bad news is they are the only debt that can't be discharged in bankruptcy, federal student loans. That isn't good news. That is not good news. <laughs> the um, the good news is that they are the mo one of the most flexible creditors to work with. Um, one of the things at the, that a lot of people don't realize is how many different repayment options there are. Uh, there's income-based repayment. Um, there is all sorts of different ways that you can structure your student loan repayment. And it's quite possible that you can find a way to get those fixed relatively quickly. Um, but you have to prioritize it. And man, it is not fun.
<laughs> Calling your creditors is not fun, but um, if you are focused on improving your credit score, this could be a reason why. Mm-hmm. That was a ton of information. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that answered some um, credit questions for some folks. If you have more questions, like if you were like, oh, you answered almost all of my questions, but not that one, please write in. What's Let the address? Uh, you can write us at questions at ohmydollar.com. So I think that wraps our show for today. Mm-hmm. Our producer is Will Romy, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance host and educator. Thank you for listening. And till next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Oh My Dollar is now a weekly podcast, so you don't need to wake up at 7.30 a.m. to hear the show. Check us out on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a review. X-Ray.